Prince of Alina on the outside is the challenger. Zakas is closing in. Yendel put the whip in the left hand. Prince of Alina, Adelaide Ace. A stirring go. Adelaide Ace. Prince of Alina. Who's the fittest? Adelaide Ace. Welcome to Bet Doctor, a behind the curtain look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot, and I'm joined by the punters punter, DK. Yes, Scooty, yes. We're out of sort of hard house arrest lockdown. We've sort of <laughs> sunlight at the end of the tunnel, even though. Not, about, not this area, Scoot. You didn't get down to South Melbourne Market or anything the other day, did you? You are all sweet? Yeah, I missed the hot spot missed by, hot spot. I don't know, an hour or so. <laughs> Beauty. So, yeah, got away with one there. Yeah, yeah, anyway. But uh, they were closed yesterday, so no seafood lunch. No fish tacos from oh, after seafood. D- they disaster. are absolute Mickey Mouse. And so now we're going to have to go back to the Benchmark 58 uh, hunky-dory that Walt, Walt swears oh, by. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, been relegated. So yeah. everyone's affected by COVID. But, uh, yeah, dodged a big bullet dodged there. But I don't, go to, I don't go to that coffee shop and uh, none of those stores sort of interest me anyway. Yeah. So what about ships like in the night. Two weeks on lockdown if you, if you had been. Oh, so that's do, how close it is. We'd do the show, I guess, all uh, out of cocoons, I guess, all mm. on Zoom. And we'd have to go back to the old school way of doing it. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think we're pretty right here. I'm yeah. I'm not scared. How are you, Nico? Sweet. Uh, big week coming ahead, boys. Uh, Flemington on Saturday. A couple of tricky meetings at Soundown uh, Wednesday and last Saturday. So keen to get back to HQ. And uh, yeah, it was a big weekend of racing last weekend. Of course, with Group One, uh, Stradbroke Day, Zaki winning, Ayrton winning. So mm. um, yeah, some real nice horses running that sort of a look forward to the spring. Uh, last Saturday was for Swan sure. Swan Hill as well. It was a big big weekend up there, wasn't it? Massive. Absolutely. Oh, well, of racing, you know, yeah. but let alone um, no crowds, which is shame. But that that track race terrific. Like sometimes it can get. Bit, bit uh, chopped up and everything, can't it? But uh, they, they did a great job up there, that track manager. Yeah, it was outstanding. You saw even on the last day, Yendel just dominated that yeah. uh, mm. day three. What do you have, five winners, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Perfect spot to back him, in it? That's his go. Yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> love it. Love backing him in those. But he was, he was on the right horses. And, I mean, he's getting, he's getting you know, getting opportunities of some of those riders, again, those riders up north. Um, a couple, it's opening up, up, opening doors for other other riders at the moment. Mm, Saint Annika was an easy watch and a tough watch for us. Was Dexalation? You're in the office with me, Nico. Oh, gee, we were pretty flat after that. Proverbial we? pimple, wasn't it? Oh, yuck. A bee's knee. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was a sick beat. Oh, I, th- I thought he'd won. Actually, mm. I thought the camera angle will sort of swing around and we'll get the bobby in, and then they showed the photo and we were no chance. So <laughs> that was a very sick beat. Uh, I think I back four seconds at Swan Hill on Saturday. So. Uh, Sunday was actually a good day. We sort of turned it around on Sunday, and then Soundown Wednesday was okay as well. Back in uh, G Beg, who you also got yeah, aboard G-Beg, this week. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been good to the little booty, uh, little booty crew. Love, love G Beg. Love, love G Beg. Um, yeah, so uh, that was that was one. We, I mean, that I had a sim. The thing was, I, I had a similar horse, a, a horse that was probably may have mapped similar on Sunday, and it was a train wreck. And then I mean, you sort of got to gear yourself up to say, oh, this thing might be a bit grubby out of the gates and everything Tuesday and. What not might end up better on the fence, but he got a you know it sort of balances out. It was, it was a train wreck Sunday, Monday, uh, Tuesday, whatever it was. Everything went perfect. Got the beautiful run through, like yep. I'd hope the thing sun, Sunday did, and uh, it got the chocolates. So, like, love GB, good trainer. It would have been an interesting stream. It would have been a big finale with Adelaide Ace in the Swan Hill Cup. Had we done a, a two or a three day stream, it would have been an absolute roller coaster. There was a couple. Of, it was a nice bookie smash uh, at Newcastle that was five fifty into well five dollars into two forty back out to three seventy, and then we just had a sprinkling of, sprinkling of winners across the three days. But I thought the Ayrton win was huge, and I think he surprised me a little bit how how well he went at the mile. And then I see some of the ratings guys put him up against Zaki, which it's hard to do because uh, they're different races in my opinion. But um, I think he's got a bright, brighter future than I probably gave him credit for Ayrton. 
Yeah, I was just, yeah, I was, uh, the only, the only was getting beat at short odds second up was the only, but... Chink, yeah. Chink was the chink, but uh, we've been spruiking him the rest of the time, but he's gone terrific there. And the market, the market had, they they knew, they they, they, uh, they rock solid at that short odds. Like, uh, you know, there's a good good spruik out for Ellsberg from pe- people that knew mm. that, um, know that horse well, that he could beat it, but um, the market said, no, no, one's $1.75 and one's three three eighty or something, and... And um, that, that market was right, and he went terrific out, and he's run good time, went quicker than the JJ Atkins, rode better than it, and uh, just a Group One race. So yeah, no, he's a he's a proper horse that horse. It's got a great will to win, doesn't it? You sort of saw that last two hundred meters of that mm. race where he just really knuckled down and savaged the line there. I thought that was probably the most impressive part of his work. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the spring. He looks a. A very exciting horse. I don't know if you're ever going to get a massive opportunity to back him in anything because he's probably going to be short odds in a lot of these races. But, um, gee, well, he, it's exciting times for yeah, Australia. That's right. And he's got, he's got all those those um, attributes that, you know, everyone loves. He puts himself on pace, finds the line. You know, he's a winner, you know. So those, But anyway, it'll be just good good watching him. He, hopefully something pops up. You never know. As a rapid improving horse might find his way to uh, compete against him. But uh, anyway, no, they've got a good army. So they're again, roll the dice, mate. Good weekend. So Narnica was there. Yeah, so they're, if, they're going all right. Yeah, they're going all right. <laughs> they're going find right. Them. Good on them. It's, uh, it's an interesting one uh, with no crowds at the moment, and you won't be on track again at Flemington. And I just see there's a tweet pop out, and it's Martin Pakula on RSN. All going well with the show. Is satisfied that chains of transmission have ended or are unable to infect anyone else. We'll be talking to race officials in the next couple of weeks. I tell you what. It just doesn't seem there's been enough change or we haven't learned many lessons in the last 18 months. There's only... I went to Sandown a few weeks ago to watch Britannicus run and there would only be, I don't know, 400 people at best there. There probably is, There's probably 200 people that need to go there to earn their, their living. And I think RV need to come up with a different exemption for people that are heavily invested in the sport from a punning perspective and then owning horses uh, and connect like syndicates or other promoters of the game somehow and there's one thing to have sort of media accreditation but i think there needs to be another exemption if you're a full-time worker or if you you derive your wage or income from the racing industry and there's a lot of people that need to go on track to punt and, and do various things but i think in 18 months rv haven't sort of done enough for for blokes like you nico um, oh 100 like we're we're not the only ones that sort of provide that sort of service and haven't been able to go to the track there's a few other people out there that are very similar sort of scenario to us and you know rely on what we see on the tv from now which is very hard um as i've sort of learned over the last few weeks like you get 20 seconds to look at a horse whereas you're on track you can you can look at one horse parade for three minutes if you want to and sort of really sort of dive in and see how they're walking and all those kind of things which is what i really like to do so um yeah, it definitely makes things hard. I think you're right. There definitely needs to be some sort of other exemption to say, well, you know, these they have their participants that are, um, you know, they, I suppose they're essential sort of thing. So I've I've actually been to the races a fair few times working as a cameraman um, as sort of my other job pre that, and it is it's very strange. It's just sort of you there with the strappers and the trainers, and they're the only people on track, the people that have to be there. But I think with the situation we're in now, um, where you know, everything's starting to open up, back up a bit. You can go to restaurants and things like that. Surely you can get, you know, a, a, a bigger an extra, cap, an extra fifty people to the races or something. But there's that you not can many class people go essential. anyway. Yeah, like I think if midweek, you... yeah, Saturday's the only day, and the members go to their, you know, Flemington and all that sort of thing. But the rest of the meetings, no, you can fire a cannon in the joint. So, but um, I mean, none of it's made any sense. You know, we've community sport, kids sport, and all mm. that. You know, this what have they made the rules on the weekend? The parents and carers and everyone can go to the kids sport, but spectators can't. Kittens. Well, every every spectator that there is a parent or a guardian, one yeah. of the junior kids, like you know. So, 
Um, Kittens is back open, DK. Something. Cecil Street? Yeah, Cecil Street's <laughs> back open, but can't have, can't have more than two people. And then, as and you say, outdoor, you're, you're only allowed to go to community sport if it's deemed essential and you have to be there. Like, no, give us a spell. Makes it, but and then how, how big a how big a, like is it? We spoke about it with Swanee. How big a space are these race courses on? I mean, the problem with the virus is the confined spaces. You know, yeah, exactly. Outside Outdoors, transmission, there's no there's no zip, evidence. Mate, so please. I think uh, RV need to push harder, and well, especially with someone like Martin Pakula, who's always been said to be you know heavily favoured uh, with racing. Well, he's a, and, you he's know, a racing he, man. He's yeah. a racing man, but well, we, need, we need more done. There's no doubt about it. It's hurting turnover with people not being able to get to the track. Like the big betting syndicates, they send yard people to go exactly. and watch the yard. Um, there's been meetings where, you know, if I was on track, you know, certain horses I could have had a better look at that say we could have bet up on. And, you know, there's a few subscribers to my stuff. And, you know, if we're not betting, they're not betting sort of thing. So I have no doubt that it's hurting turnover with mm. um, the sort of All the implications they've got at the moment. You see Nat, Nat Hinckley spent more time in New South Wales and Queensland. She's on a... Yeah, she's like a, got out of the joint this she's time. She's got out of the joint. Mm. So yeah, I, I really feel for the on-course bookies and those sort of staff that keep fronting up. And um, yeah, it's uh, there just needs to be a change and there needs to be like a second level of accreditation because the current uh, state of affairs isn't good enough. And something else that isn't good enough is uh, New South Wales, are, they're slow to pull their socks up at New, racing New South Wales around minimum bet laws. And I think it's, uh, it's time that that changes. Um, I tried to back a horse the other day thinking that the rules had changed or was just waiting for it just to test it out. I opened an account at one of my uh, bookmakers that had previously been useless and uh, I couldn't couldn't get on there. And I think what part of the problem is in New South Wales, there's a bit of bickering over robots and how bets are placed. So punters who use automated systems to place bets, which you probably have to if you're a big better. Because otherwise, bookies would turn the price off and price rejections. And if you're trying to spread your money across multiple bookmakers at once, if you can just push one button with a robot, it's easier to get your money on across across the betting joints. And if bookies are going to use robots to scrape prices and they're going to gut their and trading well, teams... That's what I was just going to say. You're saying the, the robot's model, an automated model, can't bet. They put the bet on. What's turning the prices off is an automated it's a, it's model anyway. Back the other it's way. robot versus robot. Exactly. You know, what's the difference? So I think that needs um, addressing ASAP. Uh, RV have led the way there, but racing New South Wales, it's my, the most expensive place to bet in the world, I think. My my, my original theory on that was that, um, and this was going back, was that I didn't think a robot backing it in 20 spots at once was in the, um, you know, in the in the in the theme of minimum bet laws, what what they what they were brought out for, mm. you know, but but as I've got along and the and the and years gone by, uh, the years have gone by, past, and the corporate bookmakers have been more automated with everything and got rid of their staff because they can use robots. Um, why not? Um, I've changed my thinking and thinking why not? Why why can't someone have that one of those? So, yeah. Fight fire with fire, type, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I just I think it's uh, it's a bit of an unfair advantage at the moment, and you just, I see the flux early in the markets, and they they all follow similar bookies, and I, I swear to God they make it look like every horse is shortened. If you have a look at a sports bet market, uh, a day or so out, it looks like every horse is shortened. So yes, like the pickle punter out there goes, oh yeah, there's been money for this. Oh, there's been money for this. If you look down the whole entire card, and they're just tiny little fluctuations. And when I mention odds moves on this show, if a horse has gone off one, like a, a half roll or a roll, I don't even bother saying it's a market mover because it isn't. You couldn't even begin to think, and this is to the layperson out there, what sort of um, what the, what the corpus have put in mm. to being good at that stuff. 
What was I there? Ten, ten years ago now. Yeah. They had a quants team. Ten years ago. Mm. A quants team looking at all that stuff to, to automate, to build models, to make these things more efficient, how to turn the price off, how to weight things more and things like that, let alone ten years down the track. Yeah. And now look what they've done, you know. As I said, with the turning the price off, with what they, how they weight and they have the speed of it. and So, I mean, it's what you're up against. You're up against very sophisticated stuff, very, very sophisticated stuff. Mm. And uh, the other news uh, overnight was Aidan O'Brien. I haven't seen much of Royal Ascot. There's just too much to bet on at, at the moment with sport and racing uh, in Australia and America, especially with the NBA playoffs and things like that. But uh, Aidan O'Brien's come out and said that it's probably impossible for their camp to take a horse with this new nuclear scan, injecting the dye into the system and keeping a horse in its box for four days. So i tell you what, everyone's just going to buy their horses earlier. We've spoken about it before, but it's just going to be the, the lack of international interest. And then I guess if horses fail, the precedent is that, um, yeah, that, that other jurisdictions are probably backed into the corner and, and can't race their horse, like the, the horse in, in other races as well. So I'm not sure if RV, have they pandered too much to the minority, minority groups here? And I think... It's hard. can they go back on it now? What are they going to do? They're in like they're in a really tough spot because they spent all this money well, promoting this to the yeah, internationals, it, it, making this big more, worldwide race, and now the they're stuck. The most important thing for our sport is equine welfare above anything else at the moment, right? The other thing is it did had swung too far to the internationals. What was it? You know, just it's just gone too far. Like they tried to get a couple when media puzzle whatever one, and now it's gone to the whole the whole shooting match. So the, the, it'll, it'll find some middle ground. It'll, I, I don't care if a few of them don't come or whatever. Um, you know, all the rich guys here will go and buy them. Anyway, they're racing for... What are they, how much they race them for? You see John Godston won a group one the other day? Couldn't give a shit. Just watch his horse go past. And say, was it him, John Godston? Yeah, They put was. the footage up yesterday. Yeah. He just said... He was like Ryan Moore, just, you know, being grumpy after winning a group one. So I don't care if those people sort so, of people don't come. So it's okay if uh, if I want to buy a horse from the UK, I buy it 12 months earlier and then race it here. Don't have to go through these tests and then what happens if the horse breaks down anyway and it's a European bred horse? Yeah, well, that's right, yeah. It goes through, as long as it's gone through the, the scans that it's got to um, before the Melbourne Cup to pass the tests and everything like that, the vets give it the all clear, mm. it's fine. But that's that's the best thing, they're getting them out, in, out of here and acclimatising and Lloyd Williams always says there, I mean, the hit and run missions have been good but he said those 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 stages, you listen to the trainers, they're always better after a prep here. You know? Yeah, 100%. It'll be interesting to see. I, I just think it's a slippery slope. Start to pander to the minor groups and then there'll be something else. The, like, the accidents will still come, in my opinion, and it'll just be trying to keep them off the front page. But the media are great. The media will come out and say, oh, yeah. They'll right, s- the same media who puts, will put, put it on the front page well, of the it, paper. Exactly. Like, they just know, swing both ways. It's like a business. There'll be a maiden they, they hurdle today. The- if something breaks down in a maiden <laughs> hurdle today, there's some chance it'll be on the front well, page exactly. tomorrow. Like- but they're no different to COVID. They cheer the lockdowns and then they go, oh, poor poor business owner here. And the, the, they just love the, the push and pull and to promote the the fear and the trauma and go to the extremes of both sides. So I don't I don't think you cater for it at all. It's just mm. bullshit. Mm. Yeah, I think it will definitely be like I can see DK's point in saying you know it, it probably went too far with all the internationals were coming. I think it would definitely be a loss if you know a team like Aidan O'Brien says nothing here because you look at sort of last spring you know and second in the Cox Plate with Armory, second in the Melbourne Cup with Tiger Moth. Like if we're losing those really sort of quality horses, is what, it just for the cup that they have to go through that thing? Or is it if they come out? Like uh, any run a Cox Plate horse without going through that? I'm pretty sure it might be all of them mm. by the sounds of things because they're all sort of, well, you, if, you, if you're an international, you all go to Werribee, you do mm. all those things. things so really, I would imagine yeah. it's the same for a lot yeah. of them. Yeah. Mm. It'll be um, interesting to see what happens with a race like the Cox Plate. Yeah, 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 yeah. anyway, yeah. 
Mm, interesting stuff. Yeah, it is. Might, yeah. be, might be a good year to be Zaki. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. I was just that was my first thought just then. That could be all over. Might uh, might inspire a couple of breeders to race their horses on. You might see less retired to start, or am I dreaming? Yeah, I was just dreaming. <laughs> too, much, too much money with him going to stud. Yeah, yeah. incredible. All right, we uh, we might get uh, John Kelton's opinion on that one. He uh, he buys and and trades a lot of horses. He'll be up first. He's going to preview Murray Bridge. We've got uh, Walt to talk uh, Rose Hill. He's found the camel race up there, and Nico's going to have a look at a couple of races at Flemington. And uh, we're going to take a short break, but uh, make sure you're betting with punning form or doing your form with punningform.com.au. They are the best sectional times database. They've got sectional times for Australia, Singapore, and Hong Kong, and uh, we can't bet without it. So make sure you check out punningform.com.au today. We'll talk Murray Bridge Racing next. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got DK and Nico Noonan in studio, and we've got Eagle. We've got Johnny Kelton dialing in from Adelaide. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Nick. G'day, boys. Tell you, tell you what, you've got a collector's item on the melon there, the Patanak Farm hat. We might have to auction that off for charity. <laughs> there wouldn't be many of those floating around, mate. Tinkler. Wow. <laughs> Wouldn't be Timmy left now, I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> oh, it's an absolute relic. That one, we're just uh, talking earlier before about the new rules in the Melbourne Cup, and Aidan O'Brien's come out last night and said basically it's almost impossible for him to bring a horse out for the Cup with this new nuclear test and the uh, the dye running through the horse's systems. Uh, what's your opinion on the uh, on the matter, Eagle? Yeah, look, the Melbourne Cup's a race that... Uh, a lot of people outside the industry watch rather than just racing people themselves. So our perception of racing is probably governed a lot by what happens in, in that race more than anything else. And, you know, for one reason or other, another, whether it's been bad luck or bad management, the, the race has got a poor safety record in the last 10 years. So something has to change. We can't have some of the world's most expensive horse flesh come over here and never return home, such as the, the uh, Galileo horse that uh, came out last year. So we've got to leave no stone unturned to make sure it's as safe as we can. Um, we know that it's a gruelling race. We know it's a high-pressure race and accidents may happen, but we've got to try to do everything we can to, to make it as safe as possible. Fair call too. And uh, Nico Noonan is uh, just off air. He's just saying how the uh, the tried horse market is just absolutely white hot, very hard to uh, buy a horse at the moment. What are your insights around that? And it sounds like you stole one off him. He reckons uh, Parsifal was a horse that the Noonans were looking at and you guys scooped it up before uh, they got a look at it. Yeah, well, they can probably buy it back pretty cheap now. It's on three <laughs> weeks a month. Uh, when, when we bought him, uh, when I bought him, that would, I'm guessing about two, two and a half years ago, uh, yeah, the market's changed a lot now. What what you could buy for you know, 40 or 50,000 then, is a lot different to what you can can get now. Those horses seem to be making eighty or hundred pretty regularly now. Uh, a lot of a lot of horses with with lowish ratings, people are buying on potential and, and paying up to hundred grand. Um, yeah, the, the tried market in Australia has been really tough for us to get into in the last few months. Um, yeah, Will Clark and uh, sort of he's looked to New Zealand a bit to buy tried horses in the last year or two and. Uh, like a lot of the other trainers, probably looking over into the UK as well, in, into that market a little also. Mm. And that's what we're saying before. Maybe the UK market's going to hot up a little bit earlier, mm. given uh, the the new scans at the at the 
you know, the 11th hour. Just no, no surprise um, they've had a look at New Zealand. I, just watching it, there's a few New Zealand horses over here at the moment, young lightly raced horses, and go and have a look at their replays and then what they race for over there. Mm. That's it, race for ribbons. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. the, yeah. the, the, the $10,000 $10, races, all this. It's $5,000 to the winner and all this. Like, no wonder they're copping, you know, get over here and cop a prize from and stay in and win some good prize money. Yeah, well, I think it's a, a result of the monopoly that the New Zealand TAB got. It's And we speak about it before. It's not really a, a punter's market. You, it's, you haven't got products like punting form to get your sectional data. The tracks are, are like a mess. Um, they've tried to do an overhaul with the, the bloke that's just started at uh, Racing Australia, one of the breeders, but it's not a punter's domain over there. So how are you going to promote the game? The guys that boys get paid are, are massively hamstrung with what they can do and say, and they can't promote anything. But mm. like that's one thing, good thing about the corporates. Everyone all, you know bitches and moans about corporate bookmakers and stuff like that. But to promote the game and the extra investment that they put in the game, um, I, I, you need to stimulate the market. You need to have competition. You just can't have one um, old t- old TAB product that um, doesn't spend the extra money on marketing and doesn't put the extra effort in to promote the game. It just doesn't doesn't grow the game. Hundred mm, percent. And you look at sort of their some of their better horses in New Zealand that have come over here in recent sort of times. Like very elegant could have stayed there and you know could have been one of their top horses. And said mm. she she comes over here as a lightly raced horse and becomes you know you know seat one or seat two here in Australia. Um, so yeah, they're definitely losing some quality stock. I even back one of. Clarkins the other day, I reckon, who trialled up in New Zealand or had a race in New Zealand and since come to Australia, uh, King of the Castle. He didn't really sort of run up to how I thought he'd go at Murray Bridge. But, um, yeah, they're definitely looking at those sort of angles. And you see a lot of these, you know, younger trainers like Will Clark and Mitch Beer. That's sort of what they're, it, yeah. that's what they're making their business models on, you know, early days. A lot of tried horses get them to, you know, a weaker racing jurisdiction that they've been running in. Mm. And uh, that's probably why a few of these are sort of going for overs because there's a big market and you throw in the highways up in Sydney as well. Um, with the money they can get there. Like you see, if those horses, some of them were still running in Victoria, they'd be 64 horses. Yeah, they can go to Sydney and run for, you know, Metro grade prize money. So, um, yeah, very competitive at the moment, tried horse uh, buying. Well, we saw that, mate. Eagle, you know, there's a, there's a maiden, there's a maligned maiden over here called <laughs> Jeremy, right? Now, Jeremy's had yeah. 13 or 14 starts. He's a, he's what um, mate of my, uh, well, Mark Roden, I used to work with. He's a pack, he's a herd horse, a pack horse. He won't run past them. Right, so he goes in the tried sale two weeks ago after his fifth, fifth defeat and he's deep in the first prep. 35,000. Like 35,000, that means with X's and everything, say six months in training and whatnot, there's 50,000 that's got to win back. How's it win 50,000 back? That horse. Like, please. That just shows, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on that, Eagle? Um, when, when they get stuck in that maiden or 58 grade, you'd, you'd often be surprised if you're a, if you're a hobby trainer or a uh, or someone who's training them out of the country, or you know, these horses win a lot, win a lot of money for just bashing around in these maidens. They're racing for like that. Jeremy will generally racing racing maidens that are of thirty five. If he's smashing through a second or third every week, he's banking a bit of cash. Funny thing was, he would won thirty four thousand in prize money in his all yeah, those okay. placings yep. the other day in his in his eight placings or seven placings. He would won thirty four thousand, but had taken him. You know, it's still surely the angle there is to, to if you're going to buy him for that, you'd get him out of Victoria. Well, they just gave him straight back weaker. to the same trainer. That was the thing to me, anyway. Instead of sending him down to Warnable <laughs> and maybe try and get him to jump or something, you know. Yeah. Anyway, but that I, I just thought that that, that, uh, that that maiden that Bryce Stanaway had that had about uh, hundred and something stars. I think she earned a hundred grand, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, that's Castano Milo. Was that right? Yeah, Castano I reckon yeah. she's earned a hundred grand or a hundred plus. In, in yeah, mainly in rebates and things like that. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you have a winner the other day, uh, Eagle Hills? Did was did uh, I see yeah, that we had, pop? Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, Hills we had win the other day. It's a, it's a mare we've had a couple of problems with. Uh, it's another one that we bought at a tried sale. And, and looking at that now, I, I'm pretty confident we've got her reasonably cheap. Um, yeah, she's had a couple of issues that, that Will's uh, been uh, able to get right after a long spell. And, yeah, she was really impressive last week. And she's actually running again Saturday at Murray Bridge. And short odds too, isn't she? Looks like she might win again. 220. Uh, yeah. If she ran like she did last Saturday, she would win. She's in an easier race. Um, she's about $2 or 210 at the moment. I'm, I'm pretty confident that she's not a bad bet at that. I'd have to probably mark her slightly into the red. Mm, I just thought I'd uh, just keep you honest with that one because you've uh, you've left that off the run sheet and uh, I did notice that you pinched it from uh, the next Tony McAvoy horse so you've uh, you've done really well there. Let's uh, let's try and find a couple of winners uh, at Murray Bridge this Saturday and get the show okay. on the road. Let's have a look at race seven. Uh, too good, too hard. I think it was the last start winner four dollars twenty favourite and then Midnight Storms five into four forty. Street Tough seven fifty. Extreme Thrill seven fifty. Trip. 10 into 8.50 and free of debt, $10. The replay that we're going to watch is Midnight Storm here, Eagle. Talk us through this one. Yeah, this horse uh, has gone to Leon McDonald and Andrew, Andrew Lewis at the start of this prep, and it's probably having a career best prep. And I'd say this run here is a, is a, a PB for the horse. Had a lot of things go right for it uh, around the inner track where they left it alone, but the horse was very strong down the straight, and it backs up again seven days later. It's in a harder race uh, this Saturday at Murray Bridge, but the horse is absolutely flying. Uh, it loves a bit of sting out of the ground, and it, it maps to get a lovely run Saturday. So I thought uh, I thought it appealed as first pick in that race. Mm, yeah, Midnight Sky, the big uh, the big grey there. Oh, uh, wet, oh, wet track model. Grey horse, wet tracks. You boys will be on it. <laughs> Grey's in the wet. Just irresistible. I still, I still don't know if DK's G'ing me up or not with this. It's, he's just greying me up. All the people with... You know, so you want, they'll go and fork. If I go and say they'll go and fork out the stats and say it's rubbish, but I, I I'm telling you, you just no, know I'm, something. I'm I, yeah, I like the grows in the wet. Yeah, if you like one and you see it's a wet track, you have some more on it. You know, gives you a bit of extra confidence. Nico, rarely see grey these days. <laughs> but many uh, of them left. I suppose you boys are sort of looking back to like Scalacci and those kind of horses. Grays yeah, in the wet. Sub zero. Sub zero. Yeah. Yeah, there some good ones in the old days. I still don't know if he's. Uh, that day when he won the Melbourne Cup, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's just too, I just can't cop this. But they are. I think. Uh, I think Nico. Nico's right. There's not many. They're, they're a bit of a dying breed. It's a bit yeah, like, there's a heap going through the like in the bloodlines in the 80s and 90s yeah. um, from the, you know, the bleeding, out. but yeah, nearly bred them out. Yeah, like us redheads. There aren't too many grey sires at the moment. Like, mm. Probably back 10 or 20 years ago, there were, there were some of those sires that were grey, plush, things like that. Was Lion Hunter a, a grey as well? It was. Yeah. He. Uh, most of them uh, come to an early uh, early end. All right, let's have a look at... Uh, so we're going to uh, stick with the grey in race seven. Uh, Midnight Storm, that's probably Kelton's money. Five into 4.40. Would not surprise me whatsoever. And then uh, race eight is the next one. The Railway Hotel, Talem Bend, handicap over 1,600 metres. We need to get to the railway soon, DK. Yes, we will be there. Might be next week. <laughs> Pearl Bend, it's the favourite here. $3 into 2.80. Scottish Dancer, 6 oh, to $5. Here's the Barm and uh, twelve dollars into ten Peloton. We've backed this one before with uh, Beat the Bagman, who's uh, still on holidays. You can't get him back. D uh, Dazzling Damsel, swatting around up McLaren Vale or something the other day, wasn't he? With the misses or yeah, saw on the I, yeah, I did of course see he that. was. Yeah, 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 it's just good. going that good. He's just picking and choosing. I think he's. <laughs> He's had seven no, best on grounds, and he'll only he'll only come on when he's got. got How got blessed a are they being an hour from the wine 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 districts? Like 
Seriously, if you just blessed over there, Eagle, blessed. You wouldn't be. You, you, I'd be up there. I'd be, you'd be in all sorts. I mean, the deep. <laughs> <laughs> don't probably you'd be take my from, uh, from the Barossa or Karen That's it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have a look at the favourite here, the replay of the favourite, Pearl Bandit, in uh, It's Hip Home, last 400 here. Eagle. Where yeah, is well, it? This is a really impressive win from Pearl Bandit here. The horses is uh, like puts them away and uh, ends up uh, sort of arrogantly strolling in by about four. Mm. Uh, one thing to note about this horse, right at the end of last prep, they put blinkers on him and it, uh, he's never worn blinkers in his life up to then. He's had 30-something starts now. So it was, it was an interesting gear change and it's um, turned the horse into a completely different horse. He's, he's gone up a couple of classes and he's just absolutely flown. He only had one run that prep with blinkers on and one easily. He's come back this prep, and and every single start he's had this prep, he's had four of them. I reckon he's run super. His last run there that we just watched is a career best. He could even come off that run a little bit and still win this race at Murray Bridge on Saturday. He's uh, he's over sixteen hundred metres. He's won six out of eighteen over that trip. The uh, horse is absolutely flying, and if he if he runs anything like that, he should be winning. This race has got a fair bit of depth, but it's got a few horses that are that are at various stages of their preps, and I'm not sure whether too many of these other horses are going to peak. I think the logical danger is Scottish Dancer. Uh, that horse was quite quite impressive, winning at Bendigo last start. Late in a bit, it's got a one-eyed blinker going on for this run. And the guy who trains that, Andrew Bobbin, uh, hasn't been training for too long, but seems to have a very good training record. So I'd probably label it as the danger. But Pearl Bandit, I think, is just, just flying and... If it doesn't win, it'll be right in the finish. Mm. Any any thoughts here? Well, Scottish Dancer, a few I, we know. I, 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 was a, I fell into Scottish Dancer declaring it a good horse on debut when it went like a rocket down the straight at Benalla one day, just let rip. And at half pie did it the other day, but you just can't trust him. Like, he's just, again, he's got that gear he lays in. I mean, B. Vorster, he's a, that's, he's a good rider for him, B. Vorster. You know, but he, he's a bit, he's, there looks to be two of him. Um... Another roller dice horse. Another roller, Another dice, roller horse. dice horse. It's got some ability, but he did skip home in good sections the other day. Beat Cafe Tortoni, who's that's good since form. won at Swan Hill. Yeah, that's so. good form. But that might be a rung down from that winner. Geez, that winner was impressive. That yeah, he oh, looked he, good, didn't he? He bolted yeah. in. Scottish Dancer, I think the improvement came maybe in the yard. I saw him first up at Ballarat and was kind of looking to find him, and he just kind of wasn't there. He split it up a bit there. So um, I would have definitely thought he improved off that going into... Uh, Bendigo with a good win. Um, yeah, some usual suspects here. He is the barberman. He's um, going all right. He won good first up. And then I think had, he's had a bit of a fresh horse. Like, he seems to do a lot of his he best won his racing maiden fresh. fresh. Yeah, that's why I, 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 I didn't get any money out of him. I'm filthy. <laughs> he won a 10 to 1. He's made. His first prep was good. And I said, oh, he'll be horse. I'll back, you know, once he gets to a mile, set 2,000. He's, and then he bloody won first up and he went sort of unfancied. But um, he's uh, he, he'll just map ordinary. So I think he's drawn a wide, a wide gate there. But he's going all right. But still, again, I don't know if they, they can beat that, mm, that favourite. It was pretty impressive, wasn't it? Mm. Sat in a good spot and then just mm. careered away from him. Outstanding stuff. Uh, Kelton, I tell you what, uh, you two boys just over in Adelaide, you make it look easy. And it might be a real tough uh, tough day for the bookies over at Murray Bridge with Hills earlier on in the day and then you tipping one there in race eight at the short odds. And, yeah, Midnight Storm, you could, uh, could really do some damage. So the punters, oh, Saturdays lately have been somewhat tricky. So uh, it'd be good to see the bookies just get absolutely hammered and uh, hopefully uh, you've steered us into a winner. Thanks for your insights uh, yet again, Eagle, and uh, we'll chat to you soon. No worries. Thank Thanks, you very mate. much. Cheers, boys. See you. Uh, we'll take a little bit of a break here and uh, we'll come back and have a look at headquarters Flemington with uh, Nico. 
Welcome back to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. Got DK here, and Nico Noonan's about to let rip into the Flemington card. He's going to preview his best two races. And just a bit of a shout out to all the members of uh, Flemington, Sandown, uh, Caulfield, who are doing it tough and just still stumping up the cash to renew your memberships. I think I've been to the races once in the last, uh, well, once or twice, I think, in the last sort of six, 12 months. I know I haven't been to the footy much, but I'll tell you what, the race clubs have been bleeding, but uh, I think well, hat tip to the members for stumping up. If you're a member of an organisation, yeah. you, you support that organisation, that's yep. part of being a member, mm. and you go through the highs and you go through the lows. It's like your local footy club, any any sort of membership. So, yeah, again, the race clubs are doing it up, but I, I, I assume their members are really supportive and not begging them for money back and refunds and discounts and things and just sort of going along with it and doing the best they can. So, mm. yeah, hang in there, members, and... Uh, yeah, really uh, feel for you in these tough times. Let's have uh, let's try and make it easier, and we'll try and find a winner in race four at Flemington. The Bruce Gadsden handicap over fourteen twenty meters, interesting uh, distance there. Uh, Witchful thinking's a favourite four twenty, poised to rain five into four forty. Lindhout is being seven into six fifty. It'll pop up on the top sport big bets, and don't tell the boss eight dollars. Nico, uh, you like one a little bit further out in the market, uh, Maxi Mac here. Let's have a look at its replay. It's uh, it's around the twelve dollar quote. Yeah, it was. Uh, she's she's a pretty handy sort of filly. Oh man, now Maxi Mac uh, definitely be suited to the wet track. This is her trial at Taralgon. Uh, you see her coming out of the barriers here, and she's currently uh, last in a piece of work, leading the field up. Uh, Ravens Blaze on the inside, Elite Legacy sort of in behind her. They've both been to Mornington and run wells uh, out of this piece of work. Um, I thought this was pretty sharp work by Maxi Mac. You probably won't see it for another sort of 300 metres before she really gets into her work. But when she does, it's a pretty impressive sort of stuff. Um, she's since coming back from Adelaide where she went over there, she ran third in the Queen of the South Stakes, a Group 2 event um, behind Fabric where Stackhouse kind of dropped the rain and she laid in over the last 200. I think she probably should have run second there and then went to 2,000 metres and just that was probably a bridge too far. Now, you watch this trial from here, punish. She comes the widest, B. Malamon. And just savages the yeah, line. Just trucking, isn't she? Um, she? I think she's just absolutely flying this prep. Two thousand was just too far last start. Mm. Apart from that, um, they set her for the the big race at Mooney Valley, the country race, the five hundred thousand dollars oh, race. Yeah, yeah. She just never got a crack at them. The soft track's going to suit there on Saturday. She gets in very white light at the weights with uh, Nindorf's claim getting them to fifty three kilos. Like she's going to be back in the field, but. I think if she brings that run of two starts ago in the Queen of the <laughs> South Stakes, where she's running third in a Group Two, um, I think she's worth something each way here at around sort of twelve dollars. And that recent trial just suggests that well, that's she's right. in that, very that, good order. That's isn't your she? answer. That's what you want to see in between that trial in between runs, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Just if you, especially if they had a little down at the start before, and the good trainers will sort of give them a trial and see where they're at, um, rather than sort of speculate about tipping them out or something like that. So anyway, anyway, a horse I'll ask you about. Nico is going to be very popular. He's lint out. Okay, that get back flashy run on horse hasn't had much luck. Um, was scratched yesterday. Big big open spaces of Flemington. I mean, it'll be getting back and running on, but it did get Polex out of the gates the other day, um, which probably cost her the race. Yeah, she's a, always been a filly that's uh, shown a lot of ability. A Bendigo debut win. The, the mm. riding was kind of on the wall there when she just missed a start, flashed home, and still beat him easy. Mm. Um, she's had a bit of an interrupted sort of prep. Um, they went to sale first up, and the market was all over us at a dollar sixty five. Um, didn't get the cash there. Started a dollar what eighty five at Cranbourne. Had no luck. I thought last start was probably a go. She drew outside of horses, um, and then like you said, she got the bump bad, at the start. Bad, bad bump at the start. And then they went really slow too, so it was just nearly impossible for her to get into the race. Um, her closing figures were 
Uh, very big on punting form. She's done that before. Um, definitely a chance. I think positive with Craig Newitt going aboard. Bit of a standover rider. Um, I think Heffel's injured at the moment. She's so. come off at Eden Hope on Sunday. She got away. She's lucky she got away. It's a bad fall. She got a bit, uh, she's all right. Yep, so uh, Craig going aboard there. I, I can't say that as a negative. Um, he'll sort of really sort of sharpen her up and straighten her up, whipping the left hand, ripping the right hand. He can do both. So if she's going to lay in or anything like that or lay out, he'll be all over it. Um, she's definitely a chance. It's a typical mare's race. They've all sort of got a chance. But I just thought Maxi Mac was over the odds at $12. She looks like she's in really good order. I'm off that trial, and if she brings that run two starts ago, she should be closer to six, I reckon. So mm-hmm. happy to sort of play there each way. And what about uh, the horses in the market poised to rain and witchful thinking? Who's the, the picker? The, I think there's a few the South Australian or... horses. I about Victorians going pillaging South Australia. There's a few South Australian horses I see Come coming over here this weekend and off good, sort of good wins, and then they, so it's one of them. Yeah, uh, poised to rain gets Jamie Carr. Map's probably the issue for her from Barry number 13. She'll go right back. Witchell thinking's very adaptable, fast speed, slow speed. She just gets out in front, does her own thing. Patrick Maloney's riding very well at the moment as well. So the way I'm probably going to play the race is probably get the best result out of Maxi Mac, and I might look to save Witchell thinking just because um, there is every chance that if she goes, you know, slower far, she could just advantage herself and uh, take everything else out of the race. So I think at 4.20, she's probably a reasonable price to sort of save or make her a small result. But, uh, yeah, Maxi Mac each way for me. If, uh, if you want to get uh, Nico's final thoughts in the last three to five minutes of every race, head to the Little Birdie Shop and check out uh, his mounting yard mail packs for $11 per meeting. Uh, let's have a look at uh, race nine, the Jack Styring OAM sprint over 1,100 metres. We've got Red Can Man, 460. Munasira, it feels like it goes around every week, 550. Satorial Splendor, you could probably say the same about it. $7. The Astrologist, 950 Banquo $10 and Rock Profit are the horses in the market and we're going to have a look at uh, Red Can Man it's last start replay in a much stronger race than this the winner bottom stakes over in Ascot yeah this is uh, him sort of blending into the race what three in wide the blue, in, the, in the blue red sort of winkers um this was his run coming back off a railway. Um, so he backed up out of a Brilly Run railway into a winter bottom. He was set the whole preparation for the railway. Um, you look at this sort of run, I think he ran well below his best in this race and was still only beaten three lengths. His run on a railway was enormous. Um, this horse is all, most of his forms over sort of 1,100 and 1,200 metres. Um, he's obviously shown how much class he's got there in a Group 1 sprint. He wasn't beaten far by you know Celebrity Queen since coming out here and won an Oakley Plate. Um, Elite Street, I don't think he sort of lived up to it when he came over here, but I think he'll definitely improve. He just doesn't look um, the finished sort of product. You go back to this horse's last 1,100 metre when he beat Laver Rod, who's since come to Victoria and been very competitive in these races. Now, he's had 17 starts, oh, 18 starts, sorry. 17 have been on good tracks. There's only been one on a soft track where he didn't figure in the placings. I think he ran fifth that day and was an okay sort of run. So I went back and did some digging. I said, can this horse actually handle the potential of a softer track? And I went back and watched a Lark Hill trial where he led the, <laughs> where he led the field up and, gee, it was a, it was a good piece of work. Uh, and he accelerated through that wet ground. So I don't think that's going to be of any concern on Saturday for mine. The way he accelerated through that wet track and was actually asked to do something in that trial, um, yeah, no concern there. And then he's, he's come to Victoria since now with the Bright Oak Camp. Jamie Carr actually went to Tarragon. Yeah, went to Tarragon. I yeah, noticed it that. Was a soft, she, she's gone there. To, let's have a look at the let's have a look at the trial. Yeah, if we can get the trial up, that'd be great. Because uh, she surely. just absolutely motored home here uh, with Jay Carr aboard, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a good piece of work as well. So um, he's had a jump out also at Mornington. So he's he's come back in very good order. This preparation, um, he's got a very good sort of first up record. I'm expecting him just to sort of blend into the race from Barry number ten. He can sit wherever. 
and expecting him to be pretty hard to beat. He just looks like he's come here in very good order. He's got the top-class perf form, which always stacks up here, mm. and he's actually a sprinter. So that's what they've kind of brought him over for, a few of these sort of late-season winter races, maybe early spring, and uh, try and win some prize money there. But, uh, yeah, if we can see sort of him sitting third here in the trial, and uh, he really gets motoring late. So J-Car going on to Rogan DK can't be a bad thing. No, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, just you know, as we watch him go to the line, can I just, while we're on jump outs, can I just give a massive, massive hat tip to Matt Welsh? at racing.com. Um, the race of the jump outs are now on the website. They're in the form Integrated guide. into the racing.com. It's just, I mean, it's, it would have taken a power of work. Um, God knows why Flemington and Caulfield are not there yet. But um, it's just, yeah, just absolutely. I, I can only imagine dealing with all the race clubs and the and the stuff that have to go in, the work that would have to go in to get that done. So massive hat tip, Maddie and the crew in there who's um, who's got that up and going. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we just saw him work to the line there and uh, one red care man, so that was a very good uh, piece of work and uh, I agree with DK, Matt Walsh has done a, a huge job in sort of getting all that uh, together and the whole racing.com team. I know it's been something they've been working on for a while, so um, yeah, it's making things uh, a lot easier at the moment in Victoria. Mm. Things can change over time and uh, William Thomas is another one that we're going to have a look at in its uh, latest trial too or jump out. Yeah, this is at Cranbourne, uh, William Thomas. He's in the white colours. He'll be taken right back. I'm pretty sure he's last currently or nearabouts. Um, this horse, I think he's a dead set 1,100 metre horse. He's had seven goes at the distance for four wins, um, and he's pretty good fresh as well. That seems to be where he does his best racing. Six starts, three wins in a third. I think he's just going to get the perfect run here, what you want to see down the straight. They'll probably won't go too fast early. Satorial Splendor, although he's a leader, he's been going quite slow to the 600 in a few of his races. So if he does that here, um, a horse like William Thomas has a, a huge turn of foot, which we're about to see in this jump out, where he's sort of coming wide and blending into the race. I think he's uh, in the blue cap there in the white colours, and he's just about to absolutely storm to the line. Yes, he's a sharp sprinter, and this is probably what you want to see from him in a jump out, but the way he extends here and just lets down, I thought this is probably the best I've seen him jump out for a while. Ben Malama goes aboard here, and he just looks to be doing everything very comfortably there. So um, at sort of $12 in a race where it has a few holes at the top of the market, um, I think that sort of Caulfield race where Satoru Splendor and Muntasira come out of, I'm happy to be against that. I think William Thomas is probably the next best of them, and he'll be the swooper. So $12, maybe a little savvy there, but uh, yeah, pretty keen red can man for Jay Cash. He could be in for a big day there, Jamie Carr. Surprise, surprise, surprise. But, uh, yeah, I sort of love the 1,100 and 1,200-metre races up the straight at Flemington. You always seem to get a good price there about your winners there, and it's a really competitive racing. All right, that's, uh, that's a wrap from us from the Flemington preview, but uh, make sure you check out puntingforms.com.au, one of our big sponsors there. You can access the data like these guys do. They've got a new... Track bias and lane uh, stats available with every runner, and they've got this new thing, the jockey and trainer combination. So it's all smack bang there right in front of you in the form guide. So they've unearthed more data. You can pick up a uh, sectional pro form account for two ninety seven a month, and uh, Sugar Shane will give you a private tutorial as well if you can't figure it out for yourself. But uh, it's fantastic stuff, puttingform.com.au. We'll take a break and... We'll talk to Judas, our man uh, Johnny Walter, and we'll talk about Rose Hill Racing next. Welcome back to Bet Doctor, behind the curtain look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got DK here and Nico Noonan. And now it's time to fly north to the Gold Coast to uh, chat to our favourite man, John Douglas Walter from Racing Watch. How are you, Dougie? 
I was a bit depressed, but saw DK's face. I'm back now. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, you run out of petrol the other day. You find, oh, you what? actually, you made it to the Bowser, and then uh, there's a sign pop up, and it says uh, card. Well, no, cash only, no card. Can't I've you gone, find a way? 40Ks. I've done a 120K drive on the 40Ks thing. I just felt I actually wanted to run out of petrol on the highway. <laughs> just really wanted that pain. It was right in peak of rush hour to rush hour. Get to the Bowser. No cards. No cards. Who, who carries? Fuck, I've got no cash on, but I've got 18 kids. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I went in and did a deal with old uh, Mahatma Code in there and we got away. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's a uh, little birdie told me that uh, you've swapped uh, the Hulk juice out and you've uh, you've What's turned a new red. One? New, new rule. What's the new one? Hold on. Hold Hang on. Hold the phone. Good TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you're hot, you're hot, and when there you're not, you're ordinary. And now he's gone to the uh, the Zero sugar. Uh, raspberry. Raspberry. The next. Yeah. The best. Best of the weekend. You're yeah, an absolute psychopath. I don't know, I don't know how, you, uh, how you drink it. All right, let's talk uh, Rose Hill. We've found you the worst possible race. You absolutely hate the card, so let's talk about the uh, the Forex WJ McKell Cup over 2,000 metres. These horses will be getting dizzy. They go around that often. Stockman, $5. Parry Sound, 6 Yonkers, $6. So you win, six fifty. Approach Discreet, $8. Lord Mayor, Wu Got, Berberdeck, Brutality, all $11. Yuck. Yeah, good this Yuck. one? Well, it's yuck, but it's not that. Your brass yonkers, it's got the old your form, so we don't even anticipate it taking part. Line through it. Uh, line through most of the others that are coming through those other, like your bird are back. I thought, you know, it's got a terrible setup coming through weak races. Brutality was pretty ordinary there the other day. It can probably improve if it, you know, it's bottomless, but most of them are, you know, you're containing to those same horses that have um, been going around and around and, I thought Stockman was, you know, drawn one, can settle closer than last time. I don't really like them 24 back to 2,000, which both of the horses I like are, but they're both probably horses that are better suited at 2,000. Wugok hopefully gets full control this time, and if that rain keeps coming, uh, which is predicted a little bit, I think it will put up an eight today and then rain on Saturday. If that comes, Wugok will bowl along. Hopefully Stockman will be third the fence or three back the fence and has got a better turn of foot than, I think, Parry Sound and others in the race. So I think a two-horse play, those I've been stopping more confidence than Wudok in, in my, not my sort of race. I'm tipping in two 2,000-metre races. It hurts me a lot. Mm. It's, it's Wudok's eight from 14 on a heavy. Yeah, well, that's pretty good. I see another he one of ours. He just grows an absolute lead, doesn't he? Another one of ours is Approach Discreet's gone up there. Very yeah. good wet tracker, what? Approach Discreet. I don't know if his form's sort of good enough to Month win this. Month runs. Yeah, a month between runs too. And he, I saw, had a look at him and he went okay the other day. Looked like he had a barrier trial, but I just wonder why he's four weeks between runs. Yeah, not sure. I, I think he's a horse that'd probably be looking for further um, of what he's sort of done throughout his career. Maybe, I think he won over 2,400 sort of last spring in Sydney. So maybe they're looking to get mm -hmm. him back out towards that sort of trip. Uh, yeah, looking at the race, like Yonkers, like Walt said, brings in the Melbourne form. I don't think it's generally like legless coming to Sydney, but... He does look a bit sort of used up, um, fell in last start in a pretty weak race. Uh, yeah, it just seems he, a day he, full of wild numbers. He's far there, from I'm geeing up, but he, he has had every possible down there his last few, and I agree with you. Like He just was, he wasn't busting through the line there the other day when he won. He, he was pretty weak late. Yeah, and he's had a, he's had a big prep. Like He's sort mm. of raced since February all the way through. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's probably going to come to the end of it soon. What about the Lord Mayor with J-Mac getting aboard? 
he's a horse that I love and I've been trying to catch him all prep and he's just not hitting the like he, he nearly had the race in his keeping there the other day. Look like he was had it over and he's got beat or two and up two and a bit. And he was probably a length in front with 150 to go. So I know they went quick there and he was probably vulnerable late, but you know, he's got gate twelve. He had a nice gate the other day. I know J Max a freak, but um he'll have to be in. It's over. just watching these horses for him lately with Walla when they're firming, 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 and J Max on there running through brick walls. So maybe if um, if the money arrives for him, I could entertain him more seriously. But he's just he's had about ten runs in this prep and never really looked the winner. So we're Stockman and Wugok with a, a weather watch, racing watch, rain watch. Was that a Freud and slip before Walt? Did you, you have a moral in race four, the two thousand meter race? I think so. Just... I think so. I think so. I think I think the, uh, it's the same combination uh, we were just talking about. J Mac Waller, no compromise, coming back from twenty four hundred to two thousand. The pet hate again, but with the wet track and this horse is uh, pretty likely race three weeks between runs. I think it'll round them up. You got that Lakeen's the favourites, five weeks between runs, had a little tick over trial, but I thought he had it, the, the achiever beat there last start, ran up to him and didn't want to put him away. Now you've got to go five weeks, heavy track, and he's uh, you know, 59 again. I think this no compromise is a pretty smart horse. I think J-Mac will probably just slot in wherever he feels like, chime in, and I thought the danger again, the same sort of play as the other races, and this one, it's a non-winner, Monsieur Sisu, but he could control up front and if the fences okay with that rail out a long way it'll it'll keep bobbing and i think no compromise will be chiming in down the middle pretty strongly there we have it so uh race four number six no compromise at 380 with top sport let's talk about uh the big bets this won't interest walt but a uh, horse that dk touched upon early race four number 12 lindhut from the enver yusevic yard so it's been 750 into six dollars and the other one this was an absolute oney last start race seven number one current Thousand at six dollars. This is amazing. Having an amazing preparation for a first Current. pick that horse. Yeah. They, backed like it was a, they backed it last start like it was over the line, wasn't it? They and, backed it to beat Ayrton. Well, that's right. That, and that's where they're, they're, they're telling you that horse is, you know, everyone thought Ayrton was a one horse race that day and then mm. they got a dollar eighty because they backed this thing into five fifty. So the models knew this had the, in the bank of what the it showed them and it's continued on with it. So it's just. I know it's getting deep, but it's. it's Jesus. He's deep in the prep and up in the. Three kilos hit on it with no claim, two runs in a row. Oh, well, he's, his mum and grandma are the trainers, so I don't think he's ever going to get the bone, so that's probably why he's on there. Right. Probably far out. <laughs> yeah, he's, good, he's a nice horse, isn't he? Yeah. You, you, is it too soon for Ayrton? Walt, you, you opposed at last start? Covered well, I, your... I just love that I thought that uh, I'd get all the favours off it, and my horse gave it all the favours, but it was uh, well and truly too strong. I, you know, And I thought... Timmy would be there camping and deciding where to go. He decided to take off, and I, it was a good ride. He didn't have much choice, but uh, then J-Mac just pops out and says, well, fuck you, race over. And, um, <laughs> and, and yeah, I was looking for, for some late vulnerability in the betting there, and there just wasn't any what, was there? He was just no, rock solid no. at those short odds, you know? He didn't like yeah. drift out to a softish even money late or anything, which might have said there might have oh, been a little chink. I would have bet you was... an even 10 he'd get to even. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, never yeah. Like it. No, nah, he was absolute rock solid. So. Yeah, that surprised me too. Mm. Yeah, another good ride from Tim on uh, Converge. Well, yeah, yeah, I was very happy to have him going for about two hundred the start before, and not a dollar on Saturday. That was another thanks for the, you guys have lined this up. Happy, I'm really <laughs> feeling good about myself coming into this program. But no, he's a good little bulldog that horse. I was a bit surprised that the betting was so even earlier in the week, but they worked it out by race time that mm. he was the 
the horse to beat. And I think um, talking to Timmy after the race, he wished he worked out that you need to ride him a bit off off speed in the champagne. He might have got away with that as well. Yeah, incredible, isn't it? It's just a, a bit of a change of fortune for that one and uh, different tactics from, from that camp. So maybe Gay's still learning as well. Mm. Yep, mate. Does never... Gay really do much these days or is it just <laughs> bot? I'll tell you what. what I, no, no, well, well, pre-race, there's no talking to Wade about tactics or anything like that. It's all Gay and they still get their info from Robbie and stuff like how the tracks are going to play and stuff. So she's still a real presence around. I don't know if she, she gets to the, the tower as much as she used to, but she's still a presence in the stable and... Um, yeah, she definitely has last say, I would imagine, in 99% of where horses go and what they do. I did see the footage of Adrian Bott after that JJ Atkins win, and he had a bit of John Gosden about him. He must have been <laughs> supremely confident because he didn't give away too much emotion. He, he It was almost smug, like the way he just sort of walked back to the... Man, and that's his camp too. Like that's his, his... I don't know, I think it's his dad runs that the Tunga Stud, which is all... the. And so that, and the, the fellow who owns that, I think, is the one who bought uh, the Waterhouse uh, Racing or whatever you want to call it that, that now owns it. So it's it was as big a bigger moment for him as you could imagine. I'd say first Group One for that camp and and him and and you know, he was pretty stoic. Yeah, it was amazing. You probably needed a cattle prod to uh, mm-hmm. make sure he feels away. It was just like really uh, caught me by surprise. It was like it was almost as if he'd absolutely back. Well, it's probably a big bet for them, but. It was like he'd had a fortune on it, and he was just just like, a relief. Yeah, more yeah. relief. I just yeah, it was really uh, as a head, it was a head scratcher. Could come into the same sort of boat though, because like you know, a horse like Converge wins that race now. Say he goes on and wins a Golden Rose, like he's probably a fifteen twenty million yeah. colt. No, he's got colt no balls. That. He's a Franco with no balls. No. Mm. Well, that's no good to him then, is it? <laughs> so he'll go to Hong Kong. He'll go to Hong Kong eventually, whether it's for the you know Derby in twelve months or so or whatever. But it'll end up he'll end up over there, I would imagine. Mm, big money. Just like mm. all our good geldings all over there. Mm. Well, that's a uh, good way to finish the show. Thanks, Walt. Uh, good luck with the fuel in the car. You always carry a couple of hundred in the glove box. I'm surprised you don't. Good luck with the positive COVID at South Bank. <laughs> well done. Thanks, mate. All right, that's, a, uh, that's a wrap from us. Make sure you check us out on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, on YouTube if you want to watch the replays. Been a bumper show. Hopefully we can uh, get a hat full of cash at Murray Bridge. Hopefully there's something there at Flemington for Nico. Donald, DK. Donald Duck, Sunday. Yeah. Big meeting at Donald Duck. You've been going all right around the edges. Going, yeah, quite weak this week. Yeah, mate, what's more, your strike more. rate at the moment for DK at what? Oh. 26, what is it? 26 out of 56 or 25 out of 56? Yeah, something like that. Was that 40% or something strike Killing rate? them. Yeah, so we're quite weak. We had Mornington Monday, which I don't like. Back to winner Tuesday. Metro, I don't play Wednesday. Today's hurdlers on a heavy nine. You got Geelong. Geelong tomorrow. Geelong's a bit of a deep meeting tomorrow. All mm. the good jockeys are going there. Big fields. They all like these. I like these Geelong Friday meetings, but sometimes they're good to do the form out of rather than bet into. Yep. But definitely Donald on Saturday, and I think then, Bendigo and Ballarat Sunday. So bit of, there'll be a bit of fat on the bone there. Hopefully, on the weekend. They what if Wanger out of next Monday? Can we go the railway? Just uh, yeah, well, that's what I'll see. I'll get the form done. <laughs> We'll get the form done and we'll go down we'll go down and back a, uh, have a steak and a bottle of red and back a couple of winners. That'd be nice, wouldn't it, Scoop? Outstanding. Mm. We're due. All right. Good luck on the weekend, guys, and uh, we'll see you next week.